Hey, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, much? What are you up to? I'm doing this commercial. Oh, um, does that mean that I'm doing a commercial too? Yeah. Oh. Well, um, what is it for? Well, you know how some people have Tanana shoes? No, I don't. I've never heard that word before. It's a Tanana shoe. Well, it's a thing that some people have. Okay. Some of the people that have these Tanana shoes, they don't have podcasts. Oh, I like podcasts. Yeah, everybody does. But as you probably noticed, none of these podcasts have Tanana shoes. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess I never thought of that, but I also didn't know what Tanana shoes were before just now, and I still don't really know. You haven't really... Exactly. That's what the Tanana Shoe Podcast is. Well, well, I still don't really understand. Feel better. There's a real problem in this country. Every time I try to find some Tunana shoes on a podcast, at a store, anywhere I can think to look, they don't have Tunana shoes. So I'm like, fuck it, alright, well then, where is your Albert? And they look at me and I'm like, you got Albert, right? And an even longer, more confused look. And they don't have any fucking Albert. So then... I decide to play a motion operation. I have to remove all emotions without touching any ideas. It's only natural. It's like the second instillment after you free hate. It's what comes next. Feel better. You improve your intuition. You enhance your emotions. Because your feelings are shit. Be better at feeling you insensitive fuck. But through your insensitivity and through me playing emotional operation and through me feeling better, I had an idea. A pretty good idea, I think. I think it's a way to fix this divide that we have going on, or at least one of the ways to fix one of the divides. Pair people up. For every pair, there's a proxy, an anti-masker who gets to go out and live their life like nothing's happening because they don't believe in it. And they wear a GoPro, and they wear a mic and an earpiece, and they just get to be the proxy for the people that don't believe that, but that still want to live their lives. The people who have been confined to their homes and not really doing a whole lot of living this last year. Go to concerts, fuck hookers, whatever. As long as your proxy agrees, and it's legal, or they can get away with it, there's no stopping the two of you. I already started. I got a job at Walmart as the greeter. And I started going to a Christian church. Well, hello there, sir. Welcome to Walmart, sir. You have a beautiful and blessed day, sir. In my free time now, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. Except I don't really like the dragons. I really think that it should just be dungeons. Dungeons aren't good places for dragons. Really, they should be in, like, caves. The proxy system would be coordinated by an app similar to, like, Tinder, and it would work also off, like, uh, ratings and reviews like Yelp or Uber. But hopefully it's not going to be like Uber. 
I think it's bullshit that retards got special needs. I have needs that are special. How am I supposed to tell somebody about that? But there's so much that I want to tell people that I don't know how to tell them. Like what a stupid word up front is. Think about it. And how much beauty there is in the ideas and expressions of real cultures. The other day I looked up the meaning of pico de gallo and it directly translates to the beak of the rooster because of how you would put your fingers together to eat it. Or how I fear that the next time I finally do make love, it's going to be like how I play guitar, slow and out of tune. But what's so special about the needs of mentally handicapped people? They're different. They're difficult. But are they special? Isn't special a special word? Shouldn't it mean something more... special? Sometimes I try to imagine a world with real people, good people, that aren't bound to other people in any way, that don't have to limit and restrict themselves in any way because of other people. And of all the silly shit that I think about, that one seems to be one of the most unrealistic, one of the most unattainable. My, welcome to Walmart. God bless you, sir. And then I remember the smell of Pizza Hut's personal pan pizzas, and how delicious, oddly delicious that was, and how I still think about that every time I smell cardboard soaked in grease. Yay there, Flapjack. Welcome to Walmart. Bless your God blessing you. I had a million dollar idea last night. You know how Taco Bell had those like partnership restaurants where it was a Taco Bell and a Pizza Hut or is a Taco Bell and a KFC? They need to do one of those with a dispensary now. Get your munchies while you're getting your medical or legal recreational use, whatever. It's a perfect partnership. Like me and God. Man, I love Jesus. I'm loving him so much right now. Just doing some real good Jesus loving as we speak. The metaphor for my life this week has been writing ideas and plans on a piece of paper and balling it up. And I'm about to take a shot. I might miss, and it might be trash if I do. I might pick it up and try again, maybe look back and fix some of the ideas. Literally on the paper, or just make a mental note. Or maybe I sink my shot and follow the plan for a change. God bless you. Welcome to Walmart for all of your special needs. Last night I finally got to watch that Pixar movie, Soul. And man, I didn't know if I'd ever see that. It's been probably 100 years or more with different reactions throughout history. But in my timeline, I've known it to make people uncomfortable. 
like very uncomfortable. There's been some watered-down, weaker versions of it, but none that quite showed as much of it for as long as that movie did. And the kids, it's groundbreaking. And I'm proud that regular people finally got to hear some real jazz music. Not some patronizing, pretentious replacement, but the real thing. Because that's up there with cooking and art and sex as the greatest things that mankind has ever done, that you can ever do in the time that you exist as a person. I just wonder if they're going to offer the same treatment that they did with Coco, where they had a Spanish version, if they're going to make a more black version, where they have more scenes like the barbershop. Another thing that you might not see or might not have seen if you're not on Facebook or you don't check it often is how good I'm getting at Bumble. I wrote on mine, been on every major dating platform and you Bumble bitches are the worst. And I finally got a match with that. Well, it was a rematch. There's this option if you pay, you can rewind if you accidentally swipe left on somebody and then you can rematch with them. So she did that with me and that was the notification that I got. And already, she made my needs feel special because her name was Jen, which I assume is short for Jenny. And the first thing she says is, we are the worst. I laughed and said, you're not because you admit it. That's slightly redeeming. To which she replied, at least there's something redeeming about me. Dot, dot, dot. I said, you just like re-ing, rematching, redeeming, what else? She replied, Regaling. I said, ooh, splendid word. Indeed you are so far. She said, responding, dot, dot, dot. To which I said, one word responses, broken or confused. Albert wondered aloud, dot, dot, dot. She said, little bit from column A, little bit from column B. I said, he rose from the columns a new man. Hi, Jen. What has happened this week that has impacted you most? She said, I'm in the process of moving. I said, tell me more. And then there was a day, two days, three days with no reply. Typically that long, it's probably going to lead to ghosting. My darling, I've hungered for your touch. No goddamn Swayze, get in the corner with Stallone. The ghosting where you're not real people with real feelings, worthy of a response, because you don't have special needs. So you let it drift away like Dawson's dad, or you go for broke, which I did, with this response. I've been naming spiders after you. I've almost got enough to start having them spin webs into a mask of your face for me to wear while I dance around to cue Lazarus. She said, slowly puts phone down and deletes Bumble, dot dot dot. To which I said, okay, be honest, how moving was that? She replied, very, dot dot dot, as she packs her stuff to move away from Phoenix. I said, I'll tell the spiders, they'll be delighted. I've been working them to the bone. And then I showed her my dick. I just pulled it out and I showed it to her. Um, really? Oh god, you're still here? 
No, not really. I wouldn't just pull out my dick with some random person. I would never do something like that. That's the kind of thing that would get you banned from, like, Tinder. Didn't you get banned from Tinder? You have a special need to feel better, don't you? Hey, 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 what did I say about the fucking corner, man? You're never going to believe this. I'm going to stop you right there because I already don't. Done. Before anybody goes getting too worried about me or my life, I don't act on all the things that I say. And you definitely shouldn't probably act on any of them. Well, mostly. For example, there was this girl on Hinge. Yeah, I'm on there too. And she had a picture with her ugly little kid all filthy with dirt all over his hands and face. And I came so close to sending her, man, I really want to rub dirt in that kid's face. But instead, I just laughed till I wheezed. And I still do every time I look at the screenshot that I saved. I don't know why people put their kids on dating apps. It's fucking weird. Like, I have spent so much time trying to empathize with why you could possibly think to do that, and I just, I don't, because it's fucking weird. Are you expecting or wanting someone to look at your kid and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at him, I like him. What's he, about six years old? Six-year-olds are great, but only when they're covered in tears. And then there are the people that do the really weird shit with the pictures of them with their kids in it. Like, I've seen people scribble out their kid's face or just the eyes or take pictures of their ass with their kid right there next to them or even in their arms. I'm no model citizen or anything. I know I share a lot, but I spare a lot more. And then there are these fucking TikTok people. First off, they're bleeding into every other social media that I've been on. My Facebook, my Twitter, everywhere. I'm seeing these fucking TikTok videos that I don't want to see. Weird. I just deja vu'd hard as fuck, even with saying that. Then secondly with the TikTok, I hate the dancing and I hate the amazement of themselves, the way they look at themselves and how they act like they're the first people to ever fucking edit video or use like some clever transitions. Hey, welcome to Walmart, retard. But like anything else, there are good parts to it. I've had somebody tell me this and show me. That's what I'm hoping the proxy app may do, is to remind people that if you spend enough time with even the person that you imagine is your enemy, you're going to see good parts about them. You may even like those good parts about them. And you can still not like their views and respect them as a person. Sometimes I don't realize the weight of the things I say. I remember I worked with this dude, and he used to say shit like that to people, so naturally, he made me feel comfortable and like I could let my mouth flap. I went on this little ranty thing where I told him I didn't even know how someone like him could exist, and I didn't think twice about it. But eventually, sometime later, he told me how that had hit, and he had thought about it for like two weeks. 
I laughed and felt bad and apologized and told him I thought we were just talking shit. But to this day, I still try not to use that specific wording unless somebody really pisses me off or I really have no idea how they could exist. Last week I was talking about Saved by the Bell for the second time because I had mentioned before when Screech had cancer and he's dead now. At 44, from cancer, he's dead. This is the second, like, prophecy that I've had in regards to the podcast. I can't remember if I told you guys about the Roy Stanifer one yet, or if I've even told you about Roy Stanifer yet. In facing a potential prophecy, it makes me glad that I've started going to a Christian church to crush this down and strip away any spirituality or significance it could have to absolve myself from responsibility and let the Lord take credit. Take that, Jesus. Fucking take it. I need to remember Roy Stanifer and how my stars actually do align with me doing a podcast. I'll tell you about it if I ever see you at a mouth party and you beat me in a game of loogie tennis. Did anyone start cooking yet? Or eating the right food? Anyone? I've got a good recipe for a knuckles sandwich that I came up with after I killed five polar bears. And then I realized that I didn't have to kill them. I just had to kill Sarah McLaughlin. Because without her whiny songs, they can't make the polar bear commercials that cause global warming. I hate that I thought that I even needed to say this, but that's not real science. That's not going to stop global warming. Don't kill polar bears. Don't kill Sarah McLaughlin. And don't think that I want to do any of that. Roy Stanifer may be an exception. If I have the opportunity, I may try to fight Roy Stanifer and really, really try to fuck him up if I do. I got my first cell phone back in, it was around 8th grade, so it would have been like 2003. And it was the Nokia Brick, a legendary phone still to this day. They recently just remade it because of how goddamn inspirational that fucking mighty little phone was. But I didn't even want it. I didn't want a cell phone. I didn't think that I needed one. My mom just wanted me to have it so that she could call me or I could call her if need be. And for the first few years, I was getting calls for Roy Stanifer. It takes time. There's people that I haven't talked to in years that would probably call my number if they wanted to. But then it started to be a really long time, and weird stuff started happening, like when I gave them my phone number at PetSmart, and they pulled up Roy Stanifer's name and information, or when I got pictures developed at Walgreens, and it had his wife's name on the package instead of mine. I got more and more fed up, as I felt like ten years was probably enough to stop getting phone calls for Roy Stanifer, but no, I kept getting phone calls, and they kept being weird shit. There was one from, like, the Tobacco and Firearms Administration, one from either his uncle or saying that he was their uncle. I wasn't sure. I don't remember it too specifically. But the weird prophetic one came as a reminder, a memory on Facebook that I'd written about. 
Apparently, one of the voicemails that I had received was from Tempe Improv Comedy Club. That's the place that made me finally decide to try to do comedy, where I did my very first five minutes of stand-up and what has spurred all of this podcast since. Which may seem like a weird thing for me to be doing. Especially to people that thought that I was reserved and shy and quiet and all kinds of things that maybe somebody who would do this wouldn't be. But I think even those qualities, my reserved reverence, my respect and love for listening is part of what makes me a better speaker and having something better to say and a reason to listen to me. Also gave me a lot of time to really think about what I want to say and refine how I want to say it before and when I do. But also looking back to that young age and how natural philosophy was to me and how much that seemed to make sense, I also was very, in my insights, I loved being in my head and in my emotions. I was always looking for and seeking out entertainment. How do I look at things and make them more interesting and more fun? That's why I loved TV so much because it was so interesting and so fun. It was so fast-paced, with so much exposure to all of that. And with my mind, I absorbed it like a sponge. That's how I still justify my excessive binging habits with watching things. Growing up with siblings and a very open and outspoken father also added to the collection culminating qualities. This gave me a variety of perspectives and personalities, and my dad was hilarious. My sister was also very funny, and so was my brother. All that entertainment around me and available, I also wanted to know how to create and develop that for myself. And I did. Still trying to figure out how to share that with other people in a way that it does that for them. There was also this toy we'd gotten one year for Christmas or somebody's birthday. It was the tape recorder from the Toy Story movie. And we used to play with that in all kinds of different ways. But at some point, my sister started doing like a radio show. She called it, You Know What I Know, Do Do Do. Later on, we ended up doing a YouTube version of that as well. It was one of my longer and stranger videos. Maybe I'll share that at some point. Another big piece came in high school with that when I started valuing people and my connections to them. Friendship and experience became a priority for me. I got a video camera and started making weird little videos and just filming my experiences with my friends hanging out. Sometimes we would edit them, sometimes we would just leave them raw. Often both. And sometimes we would actually come up with ideas and write stuff before we'd start filming and putting something together. At one point, one of those was for a talk show. And it wasn't the news because we didn't know what was happening. It was just us talking shit, basically. The foundation for this podcast. You take all that, stir it together, and here we are. There's a lot more to it, I'm sure. I know that within the week I'm going to realize or remember things that also add to it and make more sense with it. 
But for now, there's a rough draft and some credibility, some credentials for why you should listen to me. Especially when I tell you not to listen to me. Maybe someday I'll proxy for you, or you'll proxy for me. Or you see me at Walmart when I greet you with your special needs. Or you pick up some weed and some munchies from my Taco Bell dispensaries. Whatever you do, I hope you find ways to free your hate and to feel better. I hope you have or had a good Sunday watching the football or whatever you did. I hope your week is equally good if it's not already. And I hope you find just the one you're looking for. And I hope that I stop saying I hope so much. I've been working on that, and I've been trying to stop hoping. That's not as sad as it sounds. I just heard a really good comment about hope that made me rethink my position on it. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. This is fucking Walmart. What are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here. There are better places to shop, goddammit.